Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit. We're back. Uh, this is the third show in a row we've been doing live, talking about the, the Darwin Festival, which is happening next week. I'm having a lot of fun uh, speaking to a lot of the participants. Um, and uh, today I've managed to rope him into this one. Uh, but Well, not rope, because uh, John King is an amazing guy to speak to, but here he is, Mr. Shane Hinton. He... We turn up the Mac. Oh yeah. Um, how are you? You good? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. I had a job yeah. interview this morning. How did it go? Good. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, just got some thinking to do. I think. You know. Got your thinking cap on always. Yeah. <laughs> now we need to speak to John King because he is he's the founder of the Darwin Festival as it is today. Um he's uh, he does the best Darwin tour I've been on. It's uh we had such an amazing talk um last year when we when I went along to do it. I had long weird hair. It was very strange, uh, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Uh, here he is, Mr. John King. Um thank you very much for joining us, John. Good morning everybody. It was it oh, afternoon now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's afternoon, yeah. It's been a long afternoon, morning, afternoon, morning, afternoon. Um, it's been one of those days today. Thank you, everybody, for watching it. Just a, a quick tip, by the way. If you're watching this on Facebook, that's great. Thank you very much. But, you know, if you go over to our YouTube channel and say, hit subscribe, you can throw us on the TV. You can put us on the big 50-inch uh, TV. I'm like, it might not look so good, but it's definitely going to sound a lot better. Um, I know. <laughs> If you're watching this on Facebook and you have an Xbox, if you download Facebook Watch on the Xbox, you can also stream this on your Xbox. Just saying. There you go. There you go. Want to, what, you want to see me bigger? Put it on the TV. Uh, thank you very much for, for your joining us, John. Your head does not need to be any bigger, mate. <laughs> John, when we had a conversation last year, the, 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 uh, we did, you, did, you do the tour every year. Um, I was very surprised to find out that, that you started this thing uh, because you, you realised that there was there was a, a huge opportunity being missed by not us not celebrating the fact that Charles Darwin is is, is a son of Shrewsbury, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. I, I was working. Um, some people may be old enough to remember when I was a presenter on BBC Radio Shropshire, and uh, one of the guests on my show was a chap called Henry Quinn, who's a local uh, hostel uh, hostelery hostelier. Anyway, he, he ran a hotel and a, and a pub. Uh, he was a very keen amateur historian. And when I met him, he was kind of the voice in the wilderness. And um, Henry Quinn was the one that was saying, you know, Shrewsbury's the birthplace of Charles Darwin. We should make more of this. Why don't we make more of the fact this this could be a really big thing for the town? Uh, and, and I dealt with, I've done a lot of local history uh, on my show. Uh, you know, um, people like Mike Stokes, who's the town archaeologist, was a regular guest. So we did the Normans, we did the Romans, you know, we did medieval history, et cetera, et cetera. And here's Henry saying, well, look, you know, that's all interesting, but what about Charles Darwin? So um, I, I simply took the same approach as I would have done with um, producing a radio program. I said, okay, what's the topic? The topic's Charles Darwin. Who are the experts? get some experts together. So it was the Wildlife Trust. I know you were talking to John Hughes earlier on. Um, yeah. the, the, the Arts Officer for the Council, the Town Management, uh, uh, somebody from the Town Management and somebody from Shrewsbury School. We sat down in a room in the uh, Wildlife Trust headquarters and I said, look, you guys all do events anyway. How's about you do me a favour? Each of you do an event the week of his birthday next February. Somebody find me a couple of hundred quid and I'll print some brochures. Let's just do it. And that is literally how the Darwin Festival started. And the first one was in 2003. Wow. What was the, uh, what was the reaction uh, to th that 
from the town, the, the local people, were people excited about it? Were people shocked? Were people like, oh, Tarwin's from shoes? We yeah, never knew. Like, what was the reaction? <laughs> well, I think I think there was, a, there was a lot of people who knew that. They, they got it. They got the fact. They just were waiting for somebody to do something about it. So I don't count myself as particularly important. I just found myself at a place in time where I could just draw a few strands together and, and get the ball rolling. Um, I, I think that f- for me, what's, what's always been the case is uh, it's the reaction from people who aren't in Shrewsbury, who aren't in Shropshire, who aren't in the UK, uh, you know, in the run-up to the bicentenary in, in 2009. Well, we'll maybe talk a little bit about that later on, but, um, you know, the, the world was beating a path to our door uh, and, uh, you know, the, the world's press were coming Um uh, people were coming from Australia, from America, uh, all, all over the place. Uh, I mean, it was it was quite quite remarkable. And then, actually, the truth is, they were coming anyway. We just didn't know. They were coming <laughs> independently, arriving in town, booking a room in a hotel, not saying anything to anybody, quietly going around, seeking out places that had some relevance to child. You're walking up the, the driveway to the mount and taking a photograph and leaving, and that was it. Mm. And I think what, what, what would have surprised them would have been to come all the way into the centre of Shrewsbury and see no reference to him whatsoever. And yeah, I, think, I think that's what surprised people. You were telling us a story that I thought was really funny, but quite sad as well. The story about the, the, the town sign the, 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 as you come into Shrewsbury, that was oh, quite funny. It, yeah, the, the orbital signs that say welcome to Shrewsbury. So um, uh, some some local listeners will, will remember that... that uh, up, up until a certain point in time, the sound, the signs around the on the orbital routes entrances into Shrewsbury said, "Welcome to Shrewsbury, twinned with Zutphen," <laughs> uh, which, which uh, because you know it, it is, and, and, and Zutphen's a lovely place. And actually, the whole twinning movement—I mean, let's not lose sight of this. <clears throat> excuse me, the, the whole twinning movement, which which arose out of the after the Second World War, was really about uh, connecting communities across Europe. This is really, really important work. So I would never de- de- decry how important it was that we were twinned with Zutphen. But however, it's not a major selling point. And um, essentially what, what, what happened was that I, at the time I was working for what was then Shrewsbury and Atcham Borough Council. Uh, and um, the plans were basically it was part of the work program. Oh, at some point, oh, yes, uh, we have to replace all the signs. They're all getting a bit aged. Let's, let's put the signs up again. And I thought, well, that might be an opportunity to not just put the old, you know, make new versions of the old signs. Could it say something else? And the Town um, Centre Residents Association, who I'd been talking to as well, were, were they were really keen too. So the upshot was that when the signs went back, it didn't say Twin with Zupfin anymore. It said, welcome to Shrewsbury birthplace of charles darwin well done well done great achievement um shane when you were growing up as a as a lad because uh, you're a true salopian unlike me um how old were you? i mean this is a strange question but it's interesting to know like when you were young really really young were you aware of this was where charles darwin was from or how old were you when you realized so i think uh myself i didn't truly um, understand it until I got to my sort of sort of end of pri- uh, pri- yeah end of junior school to to secondary school. It wasn't like prevalent in my sort of nursery and infant age that I can remember. Um, but it's but I think it's because I because when you grow up here, it, it just becomes the normal. It's not that significant if you know what I mean. It's just like oh, Charles Darwin was born here, cool. You know, like and that, and that that's just sort of like how it's kind of. Um, can you hear me all right? By the way, um, yeah. 
that that's that, that's 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 just bad. how it's kind of um put forward to to, to the kids kind of thing i guess uh, it's it's still yeah you know, it's all sort of driven but it's not like how somebody who from outside would be like you live where charles darwin lives especially if there's someone who's actually got a keen interest in in charles darwin um mm. and then uh, but, do you know what i mean it's like i suppose it's one of those things where you don't really appreciate it when you see it I, all the time you know i feel i feel sorry for the likes <laughs> of like greg davis world famous comedian he's like yeah yeah i'm from shrewsbury oh isn't that where charles darwin's from Yes, that's where Charles yeah, Darwin's right. from, not Greg Davis. <laughs> Flip the table and walk out. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think some of the problem we have really is that that if you look at you look at all the images of Charles Darwin, and he's pale, male, and stale. You know, he he's one of a catalogue of Victorian uh, uh, figures in the scientific community. Very rarely do women get a look in. You know, so uh, if if you looked at the old Charles Darwin, you'd say that's Charles Darwin, but would would it mean anything to you? And in mm. the earlier chat you had with with John Hughes from the Wildlife Trust and with Sharon Leach, and I think he was John was at pains to point out that that's that's not our Charles Darwin. That that isn't yeah. our Charles Darwin. And I think that the the genius of it all, really, if you think w- w- the resources that a modern day scientist has. At their hand, at their fingertips, the things they can use, the, the technologies that they can use, the the ways to capture imagery in in, in a way that that you know, you, Charles Darwin didn't have a camera with him, you know, he didn't have an iPhone yeah. with him yeah. when he was on the voyage of the Beagle. Do you know what I'm can saying? You imagine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so, so 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 none of that's there, right? He's got a notebook and a pen, and he's got this, and he's got these, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. it. Now, the point is that if you can come up with uh, a, a, an earth-shattering theory, essentially based on observation and recording and 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 a great deal of reflection, which he did in da- at Down House, that's the amazing thing about it. And the, and the beauty of it is that, 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 that he, di- he didn't see anything that people hadn't seen before, but he saw it differently. And if you can teach young people that actually, you know, there are great mysteries to be solved simply by paying attention, by by observation, you know, and having an open mind. And it's it's interesting that, that you know, the logo of the Darwin Festival has these great ideas bursting out of Darwin's hat. It is an open mind that achieves things, not a closed one. Uh, I actually think that some of that is culpable to the education system, though, because... Uh, you know the the education system nowadays and standardized testing puts people in boxes and it and it and it numbs that creativity and that sort of out the box thinking mm-hmm. um it takes a certain person to then break out of that rule set especially in this day and age um and with the technology and stuff that you have now um to then step out of that co- you know comfort zone and, and you you always feel like you're going to be weird but actually, it's the weird people that are the ones that are doing these things. You wow. know? Shane, that's a really, really good point. Charles Darwin was, as, as his tutors said, and his father agreed when he left Shrewsbury School, an average student. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> word for word, word for word, he was described as an average student. If any of his masters at Shrewsbury School found out years later that, that Charles Darwin came up with the theory of evolution, they'd go, Charles Darwin? That Our guy? Charles Darwin? <laughs> that guy? They wouldn't pay attention in class? The, the, even though he was boarding at Shrewsbury School, at less than a mile or so from his home, he used to keep sneaking off all the time and coming back late. 
you know, when he should have been in his in his dorm. That that Charles Darwin, the one who isn't interested in the classics that were trying to ram down his throat. Yes, that Charles Darwin, actually. You know, and you wonder how many of the dreamers, and um, and I was, you know. <laughs> I, I confess, I, I didn't pay attention <laughs> in class. You know, I, I learned all my history from historians. I was I had the most privileged job you can imagine when I was working as a presenter on BBC Radio Shropshire. If I wanted to find out about the the, the Romans in in Shropshire, uh, I'd get a guy like Vince Gaffney who was leading the digs, the archaeological digs on the site. And I'd ask, say, ask the man who knows. I suppose ask people ask that the know. man who yeah. knows. <laughs> Absolutely, I didn't even have. To, you know, I didn't have. We didn't in those days. We didn't have the internet. But but seriously, <laughs> if if I want, I could literally ring somebody up and say, "Will you come on my show?" Yeah, I'll do that. Thank you. And and it lit a bonfire in my head. And I thought, Lord, if I could have had teachers who were as enthusiastic as the experts I late met in adult life when I was when I was at school, who, who knows? I mean, and I, I will caveat all that as well by saying it's not necessarily the teacher's fault because the teachers no, no, no. Are, are put in a box. Oh, absolutely, you know? my father. My father was a teacher. You know, I understand. Yeah. I understand how I understand how the system works. What I'm saying is that that that. Um, Here's the thing. So, so, so Darwin, Darwin's at school at Shrewsbury. Then he goes to Edinburgh University. Then he comes back. Then he goes to Cambridge. Then he comes back. It, it, because because he showed a glimmer of uh, promise to just to the right kind of people when he was at at, at, uh, at Edinburgh and specifically at Cambridge. When the opportunity of a lifetime came up, and they made a short list of people who could be the naturalist on the voyage of the Beagle on HMS Beagle. Darwin's name was on it. Now, Darwin's name wasn't on it because he was—he'd studied natural history. He, he kind of had, but he'd done it. He'd done it extracurricular. It, that's not what he was supposed to be studying. He, he didn't go to Edinburgh to study natural history. He didn't go to Cambridge to study natural history. He studied natural history, but he should have been paying attention to other subjects. And his father was furious. And and when the offer letter came, his father said, "No, you can't go. You're wasting mm. your time." Come on, you know, pull yourself together, sort yourself out. No, you're not going on the voyage of the Beagle. Wow. (laughs) It must have been really hard to live in a family of excellence like that. You know, everybody's got their own stake to to claims that everybody recognises today, you know. And so to be part of that must have been incredibly overshadowing for him. Pressure. His his grandfathers, his grandfathers, Josiah Wedgwood I, the founder of the Wedgwood dynasty was his grandfather on his mother's side. You know, mm-hmm. wow. Erasmus Darwin was his grandfather on his father's side. Erasmus Darwin. That's a hell of a name, isn't it? Erasmus. He was a, he was a poet. He was a philosopher. He inspired as a poet. He inspired the romantic poets that followed in the Victorian era. He designed, he, he devised a means of steering carriages that's still used in the automotive industry today. Josiah Wedgwood, buy one, get one free. Celebrity endorsements. That's Josiah <laughs> Wedgwood. That's how he operated his business. They were members of the Lunar Men. So the Lunar Men, Bolton and Watts, Joseph Priestley, you know, Erasmus Darwin and Josiah Wedgwood. These, these were great thinkers. These were amazing minds, you know. So what a lineage. I mean, if you keep going, um, Charles Darwin's great nephew was Rafe Vaughan Williams. <laughs> you know, the composer. Well, uh, if, wow. 
So yeah, I suppose I suppose some degree of pressure. The, the thing is, what you, what you need to understand, and this is what Darwin understood, and indeed, is his, all his, his siblings understood, was that there was money in the family. Okay, there was there was combined wealth from the Wedgwoods and the Darwins. I can't imagine what it what what today's value would be, but even in his first university, Darwin had realised that his father, because uh, his mother had died when he was eight, his father was going to gift him funds to keep him comfortable for the rest of his life so he didn't actually have to do anything at all and his elder brother also called Erasmus Raz Darwin uh, did begin to, to, to practice medicine for a few short years and had some spells of ill health and his father said to Raz Darwin uh, don't worry son why don't you just retire and Raz Darwin was 26 wow. so money was not an issue I'd love to retire at 26 yeah, wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't last. Those, those years have long gone for me. But anyway, the point the point long I'm making is the point I'm making is that that uh, he could have done nothing at all, but he but he couldn't do nothing. So Charles Darwin has a mind that is just constantly questioning. It's a young, inquiring mind, and he, he's he's encouraged to think that way. I mean, he, he was in, he was he was encouraged to study pay attention at university but he didn't but anyway whatever <laughs> we'll However, <laughs> so 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 a few a few the, the key thing when i was um when in the in and once i'd take taken over the sort of darwin role albeit for a few years i was starting to look at what it what is it about shrewsbury and darwin is it is it more than just the fact that this is where he was born is is there something else that that makes Shrewsbury and the county of Shropshire significant in Darwin's story. And there are lots, you know, every famous person that's ever lived had a birthplace. Does it mean anything? You know, how, how many plays did William Shakespeare write in Stratford-upon-Avon? You know? So that there's got to be something. And, and basically, I started doing my research. Now, in the, in the previous um, uh, talk, and I think, can people access these uh, archived, Alex? Uh, what we're doing today? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this will be, uh, this will be released as a, as a podcast. So, yeah. so ch- check out Sharon Leach and, and John Hughes because um, Sharon talks about the, the garden diaries. So Charles Darwin is being taught from a very early age to observe and to record. So they were making detailed notes of what was happening in the garden. Secondly, he's born into a Unitarian family on his mother's side, particularly the Wedgwoods were Unitarians. They were nonconformists. If you if you if you come to Shrewsbury, and please come to Shrewsbury, it's a lovely town, uh, and you <laughs> find the Unitarian Church on High Street, there is a plaque outside, and the plaque on the on the wall outside the Unitarian Church sums up the Unitarian ethos: open to insights from world faiths, reason, and science. So Darwin is being encouraged not just to think outside the the box, but to think outside the book, and that's really significant. And the third most crucial thing is, and and bearing in mind that geology was the first science that really, really seriously captured Charles Darwin's attention, Charles Darwin is lucky enough to be born in Shropshire, and Shropshire has 10 of the 12 geological periods in its landscape. In a a county the size of Shropshire, that is utterly remarkable. Mm. There there are pieces pieces of rock in Shropshire today that have traveled from 60 degrees south of the equator 
I mean, what, what an incredible journey and picking up evidence of the ages as they go. So the other thing that Darwin understood was the true age of the Earth. So his theory on the evolution, on the theory on the origin of species, the slow incremental changes, generation after generation after generation, could happen if you understand that the Earth is far older than many people thought it to be at the time. And you put those three things together. And that's why Shropshire and Shrewsbury are significant in Darwin's development. Amazing. And, you know, you can compare it to uh, the way Charles was treated to, to the scientists of today, the scientists that are going, no, 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 no. We need to stop doing what we're doing because there's going to be huge environmental damages. Or, you know, uh, by the way, uh, with, with COVID, by the way, you should listen to the, the scientists, uh, not the politicians. Mm-hmm. Well, hello, we've got this, this information. And yeah. nobody listens to the scientists, do they? And in fact, they blame them over and over and over again. You know, it's just crazy. Uh, it's, it's, an in, it's, uh, it's an inconvenient truth to paraphrase somebody else. Essentially, science is inconvenient if your world view is founded on on myth and fantasy and um, exceptionalism let's put it another way this view, the view that we are somehow exceptional we, we're not we're just animals on the earth I mean early caricatures of Darwin after he'd published Origin of Species has him pictured like an ape because he's basically said we're, we're descended from 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 apes we're ho- as hominids um, yeah I, I think I think that, that that he'd be appalled with with with, with the way th- things are at the moment but I think ultimately is is that that uh, you know we, we are where we are in, in a situation where I don't know how many million people in this country at least have been vaccinated um, you know vaccines we understand vaccines we understand this stuff because we have science mm. we understand that the, the vaccines mutate because we understand evolution yeah you know that's yeah. that's that's the the, the 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 profound thing in all of this is an understanding and, and here's the thing the, the the finches that he saw the the giant tortoises that he saw why did they change why have they changed across across generations why do they change from island to island they change because of external influences because of uh, of, of climate because of um, access to to food or 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 no access to food. They have to adapt and change all the time. Now, now Darwin was observing, you know, 200 years ago plus. He was observing, or ne- just nearly 200 years ago, he was observing things that had happened in the natural world over the course of millennia. We are changing the world in the course of generation. Uh, and that is, uh, you know, a serious wake-up call. And if we choose to believe that it doesn't matter, well, that's entirely up to us, I suppose. But the reality is that it's inescapable. Yeah, and it's nice to see that you know um, there are still there are still young people out there going out and doing amazing things. Yeah, you know I mean, uh, whether you, whether they've learned lessons from Darwin and or the other kid, uh, the geniuses that have come before him, uh, is irrelevant. When you think of some of the things, like Boyan Slat, for example, when he was sixteen, created a device that could clear up the the plastic from the oceans. No one else was thinking about these things. Boyan Slat, sixteen, is like I'm gonna I'm gonna float tubes on the ocean and we're gonna drag in plastic. Sixteen. 16 you know um so we're still getting those geniuses we're still getting those 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 innovative minds um but now we're having to fix different problems uh, that you know probably should be you know if if we were thinking about other things and trying to save the planet maybe we could advance you know what i mean the thing is i think i I think sorry go on shane i was just gonna say the thing is is that the way i see it is that we're in a very very strange period in this next sort of few generations i suppose um because 
50 years ago, 100 years ago, you know, th- there's there's video footage or, or, or you know, um, there's written um, letters and stuff where people had rough punts on where we we're going to be today. You know, some of it's a bit far-fetched, like, you know, hover cars and uh, all this other stuff. But, you know, they had this sort of, you know, they, they were saying they were going to have handheld phones and stuff like that. And these kids were coming up with these ideas saying, no, this is where we think technology is going to go. And that's more or less where we've gone to, you know. But it's something I ask, I sort of question myself all the time, is that where are we going to be in 50 years' time from now? Or 100 years' time from now? We have no idea because the technology is accelerating and, and progressing so fast it's almost you, you can't really we, we can't you can't fathom where we're going to be because it's just accelerating at such rate of knots it's just it's, it's crazy and and the forefathers of, the, of that of that of that technology and, and that sort of stuff are people like charles darwin and harrison ford not harrison ford harrison ford <laughs> <laughs> not harrison. you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, I think uh, yeah. I, 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 we, we don't, we don't know where we're going to be in fifty years' time. And I, I, I mean, frankly, with you, I probably won't be here in fifty years' time. Oh. But my, but my, my children and my grandchildren will be here. And one, one thing that does, um, I think, is is amazing now is that that young people get stuff more than 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 we did. I think they're more yeah. aware than we are. I think they're yeah. more concerned about the planet. Haven't you know that they're, they're going to you know run it one day but when you think like Greta Thunberg and people like that who are outspoken uh, uh, it's problematic for people for certain people uh, it's problematic because she's young it's problematic because she's female get over it but what I'm saying is, is, is that there is a there's a groundswell of movement and, and it won't be too long before the, these young people will be beginning to snatch the reins from people who've held them for too long uh, and uh, um, you know, I don't get. What are we talking about now? For going to say anyway, I, I think yeah. I think that ultimately there there is, there is hope, and I think that for, for me, um, and I think this was re- reflected on uh, again in the in the previous talk was this idea of of reflection and, and reconnection. Yes, and and for me, I think that that one thing one thing that we can do, uh, and and even if you you know if you live in a block of flats, if you've got if you can put a window box and just grow some stuff, is literally just to see the miracle. The, the absolute miracle of the natural world around you. You know, if you see a spider crawling and rather than slapping it with the back of a shoe or something, watch it for a while. Look at the marvel of that thing. That's an incredible creature. Look what it does. You know, that we are uh, approaching spring now in my garden just outside. You know, we've got bulbs coming up. There will be flowers soon. Uh, my, you know, there's there's a sense of a reawakening of nature that happens year on year on year. Yes, we're noticing that perhaps it start, starts sooner than it should do, and because of the, the the various things that we've talked about. However, I think a basic reconnection in terms of our own peace of mind, and a great deal is made these days about our mental well uh, health and well being. Um, it is the most powerful thing that you can give to young people. I used to take, well, my wife and I used to take our kids for, for walks in the countryside and and various things like that. And just that that reconnection, because I think um, uh, technology is a wonderful thing. Here we are, the three of us talking live in our own in our own respective uh, homes or offices, uh, and and that's fine. That's marvellous. 
Um, but let's not lose that con connection. And and the fact is that the, the young Charles Darwin, and this is we'll come back to Charles Darwin now. This young small boy wandering around the fields the, on the banks of the River Severn, watching butterflies, collecting butterflies and beetles, seeing how they operate and function, the look of them. Why do they look this way? It, it, that, that wonder and uh, uh, enthusiasm and open mind uh, it is something that we can, we can all we all have that capacity. You know, we're not yes. we're not going to write the next Origin of Species, but Lord knows we can all go into a in, into a, a park or a, a space like that and just pause, take a deep breath, have a look at the wonder of the things around us, and doesn't half put you in your place. Mm. It makes you feel a bit more humble, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> And no, not only no. that, it's it's the access to data nowadays, isn't it? As well, mm. so even if you go and do those things, and okay, yeah, you you know, you not you might not necessarily find something new, but you can certainly learn about it. You know, mm. you can certainly find that stuff and then research it and then look into it and and you know learn about that particular butterfly or beetle or something. Um, yeah, and we have all that data on our fingertips. And Charles Darwin's able to do what he did with a notebook and pen and a pair of eyes, imagine yeah, exactly. what somebody else who's like Charles Darwin could do with Google and their fingertips. Yeah, it's interesting. When, when, the, when the internet first came along, you know, and, and social media as well, you know, and, and I was an early adopter, you know, back in 2009, um, you know, you thought, oh, this is wonderful. We've got access to all the knowledge in the world. And what do we get? Videos of goats in trees. I'm not saying they're not funny. No, don't get me wrong. <laughs> a herd of goats in a tree is a, is, is a singularly funny thing to see, and and, and, and that's great. But you know, uh, I saw I saw an amazing video yesterday. Absolutely blew my mind. I was like, I was telling the wife about it. I was showing her across the room. I was showing Timmy, my boy. Uh, there was a footage of uh, New York from 1911 that somebody had colorized and put in in HD. And it was just one of the most remarkable things I'd seen in such a long time because this is a different world. Like, New York didn't look like it is now. It looked like a, a, a big, just a big town, a big city, you know. Mm. Um, and, you know, you've seen all these people. That was just, what struck me was there are so many people out on the streets. When I think of the Victorian era or 1911, which is a bit, you know, uh, you think of not not when? so many people. But it's just packed. It was brilliant. And people going about their day. And that's just amazing. And, uh, I you think know. You, when, you watch, when you watch stuff like that, here, here's, the, here's the other interesting thing is, you know, we, we often uh, chat, we'll watch historical programs on TV. So wouldn't it be great to go back just for a half an hour or whatever it might be? Um do you know we, we we haven't we haven't really changed. We've got lots of technology and stuff, but we're still innately we are just human beings. We are fallible. We we you know um, we we all need um, love. We all need comfort and shelter. We haven't really changed that much. We ain't you know we, I didn't invent the TV. I didn't invent the internet. I can use them, but I didn't invent them. Yeah. You know, I take no yeah. credit for that. I can't. I'm surrounded by things. I have no idea how they function. Or how they work, or what their origins are. That that, and the point I'm making is that it, it, if you strip all of that away, we are no different from our ancestors over any number of generations, all the way back almost to the point when, when, when we we were rubbing shoulders with Neanderthals. You know, um, there, there's not there's not a huge amount of of difference in, yeah, in that respect. Yeah. Uh, but you did you did. Uh bring the, the Darwin Festival into into the forelight, you know, what we're looking at now. Uh, and that you can take credit for because you started the ball rolling and you're still involved today. Um, is Are your roles now 
um, a lot less than what they were now? Is it something that's comfortable for you? Or yeah, yeah I, I, I'm I'm happy to to take a back seat. I mean, I have to say, for the first few years of the Darwin Festival, it was a one. It was to, to a great extent in terms of event management a one-man band. So I would literally be picking up a, a projector and a laptop and carrying it to the site, and I'd be, you know, carrying banners, banner stands and stuff from place to place and literally driving across town, you know, through the whole of the that, that sort of February month there, and, and, and it was a one-man band. So I'm more, I'm more than happy <laughs> that the bid, who's doing a marvellous job, and prior to them, the, the Wildlife Trust took over because the, the – the 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 point really only was just to get the ball rolling just get the ball rolling let's let's get it started to to a point of critical mass where we can't be not doing this anymore uh, and the other thing the key thing about 2003 was we weren't that many years off the bicentenary and um you know I, I, i'd like to think there were people who've been thinking about the fact we'd better get organized for the bicentenary but i hadn't met any at that point mm. and if we hadn't been ready for that wow and it, it it does it does have a, a huge effect. I remember last year, me and Shane we were at the Alb, we went to one of the sidebars which Tim Dawes puts together. They're amazing, um, yeah. and um, we were blown away by how we couldn't get in the room, could we, Shane? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We couldn't get in the room, and I'd set up. I had to go and set up a microphone at the beginning, which, by the way, broke. I couldn't use the audio, uh, but I did anyway. I set up a microphone, and I had to like. Squeeze through, and when you think about that now, during this COVID era we're going through, uh, yeah. it makes you kind of cringe. But yeah, I was kind of like moving through people, set up the microphone, and then let it go. Um, it was just phenomenal um, how many people, because the sidebar uh, movement sort of thing is sort of the, the thing that's sort of grown and evolved um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as time goes by. And I think Shrewsbury is the perfect place for it, you know. And that's because of uh, because of what you started, you know. People are really starting to get involved with it. And what we've got this year is the opportunity uh, to to share what we do with the Darwin Festival internationally because there, there are so many great events. I mean, if I bring up the website now, um, I've done this on all the shows, so I'm going to do it again. Uh, but... <laughs> If you if we have a look on the website, uh, you can see all the events that are happening. Uh, uh, the so the festival starts on the 9th to the seventeenth of February, as you can see there. And here are the events. If you go to originalshrewsbury.co.uk, here are all the events that are taking place. All of them you can join, uh, like this one here uh, by by uh, the Shrewsbury School. Uh, book a place. It was a convenient little buttons where you can all take part and enjoy. And there's even. Uh, the bar, the birthday toast there with John John King himself. Yeah. Book a place. Um, I think for, I think this is a uh, I, in all seriousness. I think this is a, a huge opportunity for Shrewsbury. Um, yeah. I, I think when we when we first met together a few months ago and thought, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? What you know? Um, I, I, I think we we were we, we we struggled a little to come to any kind of conclusion about how we could pull this off. Um, I have to say that now that realising that, that this is an opportunity for people to join us anywhere in the world, uh, and there is a worldwide community of people who are interested in Charles Darwin, and I think something I mentioned before the talk started with you, Alex, was that, that when the Darwin Festival first began in 2003, within a year or two I was approached by the t people involved in Shropshire Tourism, and they were saying, well, you know, it's great that you've got a festival for Charles Darwin, but why February? I said, well, inconveniently, he was born in on the 12th of February. Couldn't you put it in the summer when the weather's better? Well, okay, join us for the festival in February online. 
wherever you are in the world, and then come and visit us when the weather's warmer. Yeah, absolutely. When the world opens again, come see. It is beautiful, by the way. I mean, I, I'll share. You guys know I'm, I'm. I work with a lot of people in America with the USUC thing I do, and I share pictures of Shrewsbury, and people are actually blown away by how beautiful the town really is. Like, don't even have to sugarcoat it. Here you go. Here's a thatched house. We've got about a million of them in Shrewsbury. Uh, come and see the rest of them. You know, it's. Yeah. You don't have to do. Well, everybody goes in trees though. No, well, we're, we're working on it. We're working, we're working on it. On I think that's the, the other thing is that, that, that again, I mean, uh, a lot of the research I did initially on, on Darwin and Shrewsbury and his connection with it was, you know, how do we build up? What's our offer? What's our offer going to be? And, you know, I, I, I talked about the, the, the Unitarian Church. I talked about the geology. Uh, you know, I, I, I talked about the Garden Diaries. That's fine. But by the way, he was born in Shrewsbury. It's gorgeous. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I won't mention the town. I always mention when I when I when I when I tell this story. But you know, there are there are there are worse towns he could have been born in. You know, <laughs> and then you step outside the boundaries of the town, and you're in gorgeous countryside. And yeah, explore the the meres and the mosses in the north, and the South Shropshire Hills. You know, it's it, what a place, and and we're, we're just you know we're we're rubbing shoulders with Wales. So wow, you know. I can remember um, growing up, and I remember my dad saying to me, "If you ever walk through Shrewsbury, always remember to look up." Yes, yeah. very true, very true. First and second floors, fascinating. There, there's a building opposite Clive's statue in the square that's got the most ornate oak carvings you've ever mm. seen. I mean, they're crazy things. Um, yeah, full of it, full, full of stuff like that. The oh, lanes, the passages, the shuts. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you've got, you know, you've got the, the, the shuts and passages, which are fascinating. So it's a sort of medieval street layout. But this is for people who, who don't know Shrewsbury that well. But connecting them are these little narrow uh, footpaths, these little <laughs> narrow walks, these shuts. And you, you enter that you enter one on, you know, you, you, you're on one street and the street looks predominantly Georgian, let's say. You walk through that this shut and out you're on the other side and you're in medieval times. They're yeah. like time tunnels. I love it's, them. I, They're fascinating. I was in town once with Al. We had to go somewhere. I can't remember where it was now. Um, but we're walking somewhere. And I was like, oh, where have we got to go? And he says, uh, wherever it was. And I was like, oh, come with me. Then I just darted down one of the little back alleys. He's like, where are we going? I was like, just come with me. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> disappeared yeah. and then popped out. He's like, oh, we're here. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. It's, but again, because I've grown up around here and I've grown up in Shrewsbury and, and you know, walking around the town, it's just like walking down to the shop. Like, you know, it's just, I, I know Shrewsbury that well. Mm. Um, it's, it's it's sort of thing that doesn't really... It, it it's it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It is it's cool, but like it's not really necessarily that significant to somebody like me. It's lived here my entire life, you know. Yeah, you, you um, do you do get used to it, don't you? If you've yeah, lived you there do. for a length of time, and 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 what's lovely is to be in a situation where somebody comes from outside and you show them the town. I mean, every year I did the Darwin Walk, and people are just bowled over, and it's Ooh. lovely to see that reaction. It always really reminds is. you a bit, doesn't it? It sort of like brings mm. it home again. You're like, actually, when you when you step back and look at this, you know, from external perspective, you can see what they can see. You know, and you, you kind of feel, I always feel a bit bad because I do sometimes take it a little bit for granted. You know, yeah. the town that I live in, and I'm like, no, actually, I need to appreciate a bit. But hence why I'm doing this podcast with Al. Yeah. Well, yeah. with a few exceptions, with a few possible exceptions, Charles Darwin, if he came back, we're talking about going back in time. If he went forward in time and arrived in Shrewsbury today, he mm. would recognise Shrewsbury today. 
Yeah. yeah. He, he would know the buildings. He would know the streets. But, you know, when, when, I, when I take people on the Darwin Walk, we don't even go to the Mount. We don't even go to the birthplace because we don't – we can, but we don't need to. I can tell Darwin's story of the first 27 years of his life just walking within the loop of the river, and they're all buildings that existed when he was there buildings he went into, buildings that he knew where he was taught at, be it the Reverend Casey's home on Claremont or the Shrewsbury School, which is now the library, the Unitarian Church, the Lion Hotel, where he caught the coach south to go on the voyage of the Beagle, you know, St. Chad's Church, where he was baptised in was it, like it was November of, of uh, 1809, which is just across the, the road from the Quarry Park with the dingle and the pool that he fished for newts in. It's still his town. Yeah, and I I loved your tour, by the way. It's just, it is a special. If you've never been on one of John's tour, I know it's, that we can't do it at the moment, but uh, make sure you you try and get on one because the 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 spaces are very limited anyway. Um, but but if you can get on one, they are fascinating. Um, what how do things compare this year? Obviously, we can't go out and do the tour and stuff. How do how do things compare this year to to last year? For you? Um, I, I think the, in terms of the content of the festival, I mean, I, I take no credit for the content of the festival. It is absolutely brilliant. I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it's, got, it's got intellectual heft. It's got interest. Uh, it, you know, the, the, the range of subjects that are being dealt with are, are fascinating. Uh, and also it, it brings in other, other aspects of, of what makes Shrewsbury special. So there's, there's a talk on the flax mill. Um, which is just uh, being undergone the most amazing transformation. And, and you know, let, let's be clear about this. It's the world's first iron-framed building. The skylines of the world, the great cities of the world, exist the way they do because of the flax mill in Shrewsbury, mm. which was built nice. as an iron-framed building out of necessity. It was a flax mill, and uh, spontaneous combustion was uh, a, a daily occupational hazard. Um, they got the ironmasters up the road at Colebrookdale, the Darbys and the Wilkinsons, who'd built the world's first iron bridge, and they thought, well, maybe there's something in this. Maybe we can adapt this new technology and build something that is not at risk of, 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 of disappearing in a ball of flames every five <laughs> minutes. Um, but it also means we can build bigger and we can build higher. And the skylines of the world uh, can be rooted right the way back to Shrewsbury, to the flax mill. So, you know, that, that's, that's a topic they're looking at. We're looking at the, at the soil under, the, uh, you know, under our feet. This is a story that we don't talk enough about. And really, we need to talk more about, you know, the fragility of our life on Earth is, is on, a, a, on a knife edge, on a balance. Uh, and never mind climate change, the soil under our feet. You know, if we don't begin to understand that a little bit more and, the, and how it works. Darwin was interested in, in soil, particularly in earthworms. The last paper that he finally published, although he'd been working for years on this, was about the action of earthworms. So he, 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 you know, he, he looked at um, the Roman ruins at Roxeter. So just outside of Shrewsbury, on the outskirts of town, is the, is the ruins of the fourth largest Roman city in England. Uh, abandoned and left, partly excavated. You can visit it, English Heritage own it. But he asked himself, why do we have to dig down to find our past? Why are remains underground? Who's burying those remains? Uh, and he put a, a, a stone on the lawn at Down House and watched and waited for 20-odd years. And he realized it was worms. Worm casts make the earth fragile the surface of the earth fragile and basically things will gradually settle 
further and further down. So that so it, unless the ground is tamped down by a plough or a tractor or by human feet or whatever it might be, it would continue to just keep gradually growing up. It'd be very fragile, but the but the, the ground level would rise. Uh, you know, so so. Soil is something that, that's, that's absolutely vital to our very existence on Earth. So the Darwin Festival is about Darwin, but it's about ideas. It's about thoughts. It's about understanding. It's about how we understand our place in the world and what our responsibilities are for it. So um, I think Darwin is about thought. It's about ideas and thinking. That's that's our gift, Shrewsbury's gift to the world, really, I would say. Beautiful. And I just learned that as well. I'm today's years old. Yeah, so mm-hmm. thank you, John, for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, what are you going to be doing for your toast this year? How are you going to get get people involved? We're going to be doing it from here, from my, from my house. Um, Cheers. We, we not, yeah, yeah. Well, well I'd, I'd, I'd encourage people to join me if you're able to do so. If you're able to join me at 12 noon on the 12th of February, you can book online through the through the through the website. And essentially, it's a it's just a little a little ceremony. Thought it might be a nice idea to to raise a glass to our famous son at 12 noon on his birthday every year. We've done that every year, you know, for the best part of a decade now on the 12th of February 2009, the bicentennial year and the 150th anniversary of the publication of The Origin of Species uh, in the Morris Hall Courtyard, which is where we normally gather, uh, it was absolutely heaving. There was there was just n- nowhere to, to move. It was quite remarkable. Um, but we always end with a with a, a, a reading of an extract from the end of uh, The Origin of Species. And that's that's really, I think that reminds us and centers us about, about what was so special about Charles Darwin and how he was able to communicate his ideas quite uh, effectively and simply to a to a wide range of people. The Origin of Species, the book was was out of its first print run in in days. I mean, it was an incredibly popular book, and it wasn't just scientists reading it. Still is today. Still is today. People enjoy that book. Um, John, you are fascinating, and I would love to. I've said that to a lot of my guests today. I'd love to invite you on the biscuit to have like a proper sit down and talk about this because I think you'd be a fantastic guest on like on a long longer show that isn't live. Um, so thank you very much for joining us. And, my you know, pleasure. I, w- I would love I'd love for people to go and check out. Um, go to originalshrewsbury.co.uk and click on Darwin's face, like I just showed you, and and book in with some with some of the lectures that are taking part during the Darwin Festival. There are so many things that you'd enjoy. I have learned since I have I've been helping out with the Darwin Festival. I have learned so much, especially about Darwin's family. Um, Bibbs Cameron did an amazing talk last year on Darwin's family. She pushed Charles aside and she's like, okay, we all know about Charles Darwin. Let's talk about his family because they are fascinating. And I learned so much and I enjoyed that. I was learning, you know, so um, make sure you, a lot of the, uh, lot of the courses are free as well. Not, not everything you have to pay for. So make sure you check out uh, what's going on there. Um, John's left us. I don't know if he's had an issue there, but uh, he's left us. Uh, but John is amazing. Um, if you can get on one of his tours, make sure you do because they're uh, walking through Shrewsbury is just fascinating. Right, we we're gonna. Oh, he's coming back. 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 Uh, he's here. These things happen with technology. They just happen. We we got no control of it sometimes. Right. Um, would you like to tell people where they can find uh, uh, everything to do with you, John? And have you got anything that you want to sort of uh, tell people? No, that, that's fine. I think uh, go, go to the the festival website, Darwin in Shrewsbury Festival website. Uh, all the details are there of what we're going to be doing. Um, and 
we'll be planning you know for for next year let's let's see what what next year brings but i think as i say um really we we want people to 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 come and enjoy darwin's town to enjoy Shrewsbury and the countryside around it and if you have any interest at all in 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 the history of science and ideas um but also interested in in beautiful places to come and visit then you know Shrewsbury is the place for you amazing um also as well guys i've got to do this but uh, make sure you check out our website too which is uh, uh the shoes and that's made for us by our friends at web orchard if you do need a website for whatever you're doing lots of people are doing e-commerce and working from home now if you need a website go to web orchard uh, they will sort you out an amazing website um we've run out of time we've actually gone over time which has been amazing though i've, I've enjoyed every single minute of this yeah. John, thank you. Shane, thank you. And to the listeners uh, and, and people that are watching at home, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I'm going to try and quickly organise a bonus show with Tim Dawes that we weren't we won't be able to do this morning. We'll try and get it up and running for you guys. Um, so, you know, keep your ears to the ground. You might get, uh, get an extra show uh, in the next hour or so. But, John, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. John. See you on Darwin Day, 12th of February. We will be there. We'll be there. It's a date.